Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and all of my baggage droppers around the world, welcome to another episode of the Drop Your Baggage Podcast, where we talk to people that are dope, that can bring you hope, and show you a technique that can help you cope. I am your host, the self-talk engineer, Charles Wolfork, and if you are right here right now, please consider hitting the like and subscribe button if you're on YouTube, Facebook, or a podcast platform, and especially if you're on a podcast platform, Give a brother five stars and some feedback as well. Now, today I have an absolute goddess on the call today, y'all. She is, ex- I am excited, yo. This is Courtney Matthews. She is from Huntsville, Alabama. Uh, she's a former mar- makeup artist and makeup artist teacher and had multiple makeup studios, and, but she also has an accounting degree. And she's been a tax consultant for the past 13 years. She stepped into her true authentic self and began her business, MCOR Tax and Accounting. And she helps business owners and solo entrepreneurs manage, organize, and understand their business finances. But most of all, ladies and gentlemen, most of all, she is a wonderful mother to her son. Ladies and gentlemen, I bring to you, Courtney (laughs) Matthews. What's up, Courtney? Hi, thank you so much. For having me that was a wonderful introduction <laughs> hey you deserve so many more accolades because you are such a goddess like i like with you and just how you operate and your story in general like i just appreciate like someone like yourself because you bring so much excellence so much excellence to everything you do well, thank you i appreciate that <laughs> hell yeah so like please like this is a place where i give people an opportunity to highlight themselves through their story uh through entrepreneurship and wh- where they were from to where they are now so please go ahead like uh let's let's sit and hear your story and uh how you got to where you are okay so um like you said my, my first career um and my first battle with entrepreneurship was as a makeup artist funny enough I actually was on my on the phone with my mom yesterday trying to backtrack how I got here this year is my 13th year in the tax industry my seventh year with my firm import tax and accounting and my third year having a staff so I was trying to backtrack and so even beyond how I got into taxes how I got into entrepreneurship in general uh I don't really think back in 2013, I had just got on Instagram. I think Instagram was fairly newish to us. And I was, was about 23, 24. So it wasn't what it is now. Um, <laughs> especially to be a makeup artist. It was definitely not as common, not as popular, not as lucrative as it is now. I just knew that it was something that I, I liked and I was good at. I actually was working at CVS when I discovered that I liked makeup. I was working at CVS, $8 an hour. I probably was, I don't think I was full-time. I wasn't full-time because I was still in school. Uh, I mean, it's had to be about 2011. Or, I worked there from 2011 to 2012. Um, my manager was really cheap and he really didn't do everything by the book but Mm. so when things would be like approaching their expiration date he would mark them down and put them on a table in the front of the store and so we would go through the whole entire store 
And I mean, this included snacks. This included those little ads, as seen on TV, little blankets and jeggings. But it also included makeup, too. And so, believe it or not, makeup has expiration dates. And so, that's how I learned how to read expiration dates for makeup. Because we had to, you know, mark them down. So, he would mark these products down to like 75 cents. Or he just couldn't bear the thought of actually throwing them away. <laughs> like we were supposed to do. Mm-hmm. So he would mark them now, 75 cents, a dollar, two dollars to wore like, you know, the drugstore, which is like good makeup. So I started buying it. I started watching little videos on YouTube. And of course, then it wasn't that many people or makeup influencers, beauty influencers as, as you know, there is now. Mm-hmm. But I remember me learning how to do my eyeshadow and I would wear my eyeshadow or my practice work to work mm-hmm. <laughs> and I would get a lot of compliments. Um, fast forward to me getting a receptionist job at car dealership. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, I actually started at one car, car dealership temporarily. And it, once you're in the car dealership space, you can get shuffled around. So mm-hmm. I got to another one as a receptionist and all day I would just watch YouTube makeup videos. Mm-hmm. And so I just kept practicing. I kept buying more product, kept practicing. By this time I took a bartending job and, you know, with a lot of females, waitresses, and they always love my makeup. So they asked me to do their makeup. So I started doing it for free because uh, I wasn't that good. Mm-hmm. I never did know anybody else but one of my uh co-workers would come every weekend we had to work like twice like she would if we were working on friday and saturday she would want to come get her makeup done on friday and saturday mm-hmm. and so i started getting used to her face uh, i got better the better i got the more people kept asking so I started charging about twenty dollars because I, I had more products. I was buying the lashes and stuff, and I was doing it at my apartment. <laughs> <laughs> they would come to my apartment. Sometimes it would be all of my coworkers at once, and it kind of turned into a little party. Hmm. And um, honestly, it just kind of grew from there. I started to see like I I like this, and I'm really good at it. My best friend would was in hair she wasn't in school for hair but she could always do hair mm-hmm. well there was an opportunity for her to work in a salon with a uh, a lady who, who later became both of our mentors she was a hairstylist and a makeup artist well that summer of 2013 she ha- had her own cosmetic line she was trying to build a team mm-hmm. well my best friend told me about it we had to basically apply which was go in and do like a look on somebody and we both got in to train with her for free for three months at her salon with her makeup product and that was really the start that was the only training formal training that I had mm-hmm. um, she started to funnel us clients she, she gave us a space in there to work so I didn't have to take people at my apartment anymore um, from there it's funny because she was my mentor she kind of still is a very prominent figure um, in my life however mm-hmm. we learned our biggest or our first business lesson dealing with her was which was getting in writing mm-hmm. So we had a, I guess, a verbal agreement for myself and my best friend and who became my first business partner to basically be the face of their brand, mm-hmm. their cosmetic line. Well, long story short, it fell apart really quick and we, we didn't get any money from it. We didn't get anything from it. Mm-hmm. 
she actually, we actually pulled up to the salon one day and there was a for sale sign in front of it and we didn't know. And we had about, um, I don't know, a few days, a few weeks to find another space to work out of. Mm-hmm. Which for me, I didn't have a lot of clients. So I was just doing makeup with my best friend. She was doing hair and makeup. So oh, she was really on the hunt for another place. We ended up finding another place, which was with her cousin, who was a hairstylist as well. Mm-hmm. Well, she had a new salon and she had an opportunity for us to build a makeup room. Like it was a whole entire room just for makeup. So we moved in there and we ended up getting an assistant there. And I guess because I was... I, I was the one only doing makeup <laughs> and this space was just so new as far as having a makeup artist in your salon charging booth rent me still trying to build my clientele figure out my pricing and so in the end it just wasn't a big a good business fit for the salon owner and I see that now being mm-hmm. you know an owner I see that now having all of that space and it not producing enough income to cover enough of the rent Right. But then I didn't, I wasn't trying to hear that. I was like, you know, um, you just kick me while I'm down. I'm trying to build this, <laughs> you know, you didn't give me a chance, but she really did. She let us decorate that room. We painted it pink. I mean, cause it was a new salon mm-hmm. and um, she let us do a lot that she didn't have to do. Um, you know, oh, so that, that didn't really last that long. So then I was back uh uh doing it at my apartment which by this point my best friend and I had moved in together um and it wasn't really by choice hmm. honestly wasn't really by choice mm-hmm. um I, I just was in my apartment that I was in it was a two-bedroom town had also just me and my son like I said I was juggling a few jobs with I was doing uh, retail at the mall at Aeropostale. I was doing CVS. I was in school. Mm-hmm. So, and I didn't have the money management skills. So, um, like I said, I was talking to my mom and I looked back on how much my rent was then and I couldn't really pay it. And I got wrapped up in these payday loans and everything. So, mm-hmm. long story short, two months before my uh, lease was up, I just terminated the lease which of course is really just to avoid an eviction being on your uh record mm-hmm. but they that that uh amount that you owe is still on your credit it's just not mm-hmm. an eviction so i ended up breaking the lease moving in with her so i'll fast forward back to me getting fired from the second salon and back into our apartment um doing makeup at this point by the time we had moved in together we had just decided that we were going to try to make this work we were going to do our own cosmetic line because we had already saw our mentor doing that mm-hmm. so we knew it was possible she was the only person in the town that had their own cosmetic line, not just lipsticks, not just eyeshadow. She had the whole thing. And so we kind of saw how it worked. And so we just, you know, duplicated it. Yeah. <laughs> so we started with just lipsticks and my role was assumed to be the accountant role because I was in school for accounting. Well, by that point I had um, graduated. Um, So that was my assumed role. However, I didn't know what I was doing. (laughs) (laughs) I knew what the book said about accounting, but I had no experience. Mm -hmm. Um, Even though um, I think by this point from that receptionist job that I had at the dealership, I got moved uh, into a position in accounting, which was upstairs. I mean... I no doing of my own. Somebody just got caught doing something that she wasn't supposed to be doing. And there was mm. an opening. I applied and I got it. They mm. knew I was a school for accounting. So it just kind of worked out. 
Yeah. So by that point, I had done that for about a year, graduated. They didn't want to pay me any more money. <laughs> they wanted me to do more work, but they didn't want to pay me any more money. And so <clears throat> that year, sorry if I'm all over the place, because you got to understand I was doing makeup and I was in school for accounting and I was working at Jackson Hewitt. So I was doing all the things so much for about two years. Yo. Um, but makeup was just there. I wasn't really trying to be a makeup artist. I wasn't really, my path was really school. I was in school for accounting. So during this time where we're in one shop, the next shop, mm-hmm. me breaking my lease, I'm in school this whole time. Um, and while I'm in school during tax season, my mom was working for uh, a local franchise, Jackson Hewitt. Mm-hmm. Um, there was this guy he had you know bought the franchise and he ended up being like the regional manager for like I think eight different stores in uh, Alabama and he had his local office that he had to manage but if you know Jackson Hewitt they're in Walmart too mm-hmm. so every taxi is in he would train all the people whatever whatever but my mm-hmm. mom knew him and she was a receptionist for him mm-hmm. well 2009 we're going back before all of this 2009 and before I, the year I had my son Mm -hmm. she was working with him and because I had my son I I was kind of there um exchanging my son when she had to babysit Mm -hmm. and so I'm in school for accounting and I'm starting to look at what this guy is doing he's a tax accountant Mm -hmm. but uh, the more I talked to him he said he didn't go to school uh but he started doing somebody taught him how to do taxes he took over that franchise he took over that office and Mm -hmm. then he into the Jackson Hewitt franchise from somebody that that he knew that had passed away, right? Wow. A uh, white guy. Uh-huh. Very, um, you can tell he knew taxes, but that's what he knew. And he sticked the way he <laughs> <laughs> But I saw him dri- driving this drop-top Mercedes. Mm-hmm. And, uh, um, you know, he worked five months out of the year. And I'm seeing, I'm, I'm very observant. So I'm yeah. seeing this and I'm like, okay, I'm in school for accounting. And my idea of accounting is me getting a corporate job, right. working seven the hours wearing a suit <laughs> making my way up to junior accounting and maybe senior accounting and getting all these corporate accounts that was my idea mm-hmm. while i was in school but then i saw him and mm-hmm. i'm like huh, taxes huh uh my last semester in school i took a tax class it was required yeah it was tax law though it was like business tax law mm-hmm. but my professor was a tax attorney and i'm like huh that's another area <laughs> I didn't have when I when I went into accounting, I, I fell in love with accounting in high school. Mm-hmm. It was just the numbers part. It just made sense to me. Yeah. I had no idea out of what I saw on TV what an accountant does or all the different things an accountant could do. Mm-hmm. So I'm seeing the the guy with the tax franchise and I'm seeing my professor, the tax attorney. I had another professor who taught me production accounting, cost accounting, which I hated, but that's what I was doing at um, the dealership. Mm-hmm. And I'm seeing all these different things and it started to make me think like, hey, let me just try something else. My mom is here. So I talked him into getting me a job as a receptionist the next year. Okay. And so then I'm, I'm passing out refund checks. I wasn't really <laughs> in it like that. I'm still in school, mm. um, but I'm observant. So I'm watching. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, seeing, 
I'm seeing the volume. I was working the night shift. He was passing out checks until about nine o'clock at night. So mm. from nine o'clock into the, in the morning to nine o'clock at night, he had two people in that office just passing out refunds and scheduling calls. That's how many, like, that's how many people that he did it, the taxes for. Yeah, he had that many people that he needed two people just for scheduling and passing out refunds. That's Yo. not the taxpayers that he had. Yo. So that that was my job. And like I said, I was working at night shift. So I, I would go to school mm-hmm. every day or be a mom or mm-hmm. both, you know, and then I would come to the office. My mom was working daytime. Yeah. And she would get my son and I would, you know, work. Mm-hmm. And then, um, so, but the next year I was like, I'm not doing this again. I need to be on the inside. Cause yeah. the way his office was, it was like, there was a, it was basically two offices. So it was an office in the front and an office in the back. Mm-hmm. And then the back was where they would come get their refund checks. But in the front was where they would take appointments. His office was up there. So I got to go up there a few times because I started talking to him, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So by that point, he knew I was interested. I talked him into, well, later that year, he they offer free training, right? If y'all know anything about H&R Block or Jackson Hewitt, if you want to do it, you can just apply. They go and provide the training. And um, they'll even pay, well, back then to be a tax repair you had to pass this test and they pay for that drug screen and background check right so i took the training it was about i don't know maybe two weeks i had this big thick tax book <laughs> I think it was two of them yeah but he taught me everything about how to file taxes uh-huh. this, this guy and then he has so much experience so even stuff that's not in the book right he's telling us how to deal with customers how to mm-hmm. talk to people uh setting expectations and back then a lot of stuff was real still manual mm-hmm. i mean how to file and stuff like that but not only that but the, by the time i got to the training and it's in the front of the office and it's packed mm-hmm. like it's a lot of people because mind you he had to staff eight stores around the state the state so he's doing this training and, and i come to find out he was doing this training more than once we weren't the only group. Mm. He's doing it more than once from about November to December. But when I got to the office, I realized that he don't do what we do. He What he's teaching us is basic. The people that he's talking to, I'm hearing them. They have businesses. I found out there's a thing called corporate taxes. Um, <laughs> you know, a payroll tax. Is Those are the things that he was doing wow. while, you know, we were doing the small stuff, I guess. Mm-hmm. So the first year I started working at a Walmart, um, which was different. (laughs) (laughs) To say the least. (laughs) To say the least. I mean, you got somebody sitting there right in front of you. Yeah. And they don't have two hours to sit there. And so... I, I got really good at doing individual simple returns. I could probably do it in like 10 minutes. Oh, wow. <laughs> and the thing with that, it, it was volume. It's a mm-hmm. lot of volume. We mm-hmm. were doing a lot of tax returns. Wow. So I got real good at it. Okay. Yeah. I got real good. Fast forward, I did that for about four years. So, I mean, tax season is four or five months. Yeah. I could dedicate that for five months, you know? <laughs> yeah. If I'm working another job, I'm just going to tell them, hey, put me on a night shift or I'm going to do both. I'm, that was my always my thing. I'm going to work tax season, you know? I mean, Rest it seemed like time. tax season was a lick. You know what I mean? Like, it, it was. <laughs> you know, like it was one of those times where you could really make a lot of money in a short amount of time. It was. And that's why I stuck with it. And because I liked it too. Yeah, I of course. But that last year, that last year, this is when I graduated. Mm-hmm. The job I was at at the dealership, 
as an account clerk, they didn't want to pay me. Mm-hmm. Um, they wanted me to do more work. But they didn't want to pay me. Also, side note, at that job, I saw another another layer of accounting. I was I was the accounts payable clerk. So, oh, I was handling a cash deposit for a, a, the different departments in our. Mm-hmm dealership it was three dealerships so i had a lot of responsibility i i had to go to the bank mm-hmm. do deposits they knew me at the bank but not only that we got audited i mean it was just a standard audit mm-hmm. now i never liked auditing in school i knew i didn't want to do that part but the lady who came and audited us was called a controller a comptroller and that was another thing i was like okay she's <laughs> an auditor but she's a, a comptroller and if you ever worked in a dealership, every dealership has one. <laughs> and they're the overseer of all the accounting and all the finance. Yeah. You know me, I'm like, oh, that's what I want to do. <laughs> that's what I want to get to, you know. Yeah. So that's in my head now too. So when they didn't want to pay me, I quit. <laughs> I quit. And yeah. I, I learned another lesson. I, I don't think this is specific to the finance world. I guess any job that... It, it, has that level of security when you quit you gotta go like you can't stay you you got keys you got access to our bank account you handle all millions of dollars you can't stay like you got to go we'll pay you (laughs) we'll pay you but give us our keys yeah that's what happened the day i quit was my last day Mm -hmm. they paid me for like the next two weeks but i knew tax season was coming up this was december when i quit I knew tax season was coming up, so I was fine with them letting me go. Right. Um, so I had talked the guy by this time, he's my mentor. Mm-hmm. Unbeknownst to him. <laughs> <laughs> by this time, I had talked him into making me a manager. This was my fifth year with them. Yeah. Um, so I talked him into making me a manager. Uh, and he did. So he trained me to be a manager. So this is where I really got to see how this franchise works and how. Mm-hmm the back end of a tax company could work. Mm. So as a manager, we got to go to Tuscaloosa where the parent company or, yeah, that's where the parent company was located. So all the managers go there for for a training as well. So when I'm there, I get to meet them. They have a little small little office and a little plaza, but as the season gets to going, now I'm responsible for making the schedule for for everybody in my little Walmart office. Um, I'm able to hop around offices, but I'm seeing the reports. I'm seeing the daily, I had to do like daily accounting. Mm. So I'm seeing now how much my office is bringing in, but I can also see every other office and the head off. I'm seeing millions of dollars in a month, in a month. Right. But then I'm comparing it to what they paying me, what they paid me as a tax repair and what they paying me now as a manager. Yeah. And I'm just like, okay, something ain't, something ain't, something ain't no. <laughs> <laughs> So in that time frame, this was 2014, tax year 2014. Mm-hmm. In that time frame, this is where we had got burned with the first one for sale sign. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but this is also where I, I'm starting to be torn between the two. This for the first time, I'm like, okay, what do I do? Yeah graduated i convinced them to make me a manager and i hate it because i'd rather be at the salon doing makeup right which ironically was probably about five minutes down the road Mm. so uh, as a manager i'm making the schedules so i'm scheduling me to have breaks i'm scheduling me to not come so i can go do makeup right so all of this happens in in one year april 15th is the tax deadline right for yeah 
generally that's the deadline when my grandmother passes away that same day Mm. by this point i'm pretty checked out with the taxes Mm -hmm. they actually demoted me two weeks earlier back to tax repair because i was so checked out i wanted to make up i was taking trips with them Mm. to nashville (laughs) i just was not in the taxes yeah yeah and then my grandmother passed on tax day of course i'm not at work um, i'm at home and that really kind of changed my perspective i was already kind of torn yeah i was already like okay i've graduated i thought that i would be this accountant at this office you know whatever whatever but now i like makeup Mm-hmm. And so when my grandmother passed, that was very devastating to say the least. On my mom's side, that was the first loss. That it, like we tighten it, but that was the first big loss. Yeah, for everybody. Um, and my son was only like four years old at that time. But at the same time, I was facing eviction. Not really. Well, yeah, I was facing eviction. I had a choice, and my son was in private school. Like, make it make sense. Why is my son in private school and I can't pay my rent? Right. I mean, I see that now, but then I just was like, you know, whatever. I'm going to make it work. I had a, right. I had a choice between paying my son's tuition and paying my rent. Yeah. Um, well, I paid his tuition. Mm-hmm. And then I moved in with my best friend. Broke the lease, moved in with my best friend. So all this happened in the same year. Oh, wow. That <laughs> is a lot. Like a few months. Yo. A few months later in July, my great grandmother passed away, which was mm. grandmother's mom. Yeah. She passed away like a few months later. I take a job at the Boys and Girls Club where I used to go when I was younger. Mm-hmm. I mean, my son was going there. He needed to go somewhere for summer. And when I went, I asked him, did I want a job? I said, sure. Mm-hmm. So I was working there in the summer, moved in with my best friend. We're, we, we committed to this business. So when my grandmother passed, I just committed in my mind that I'm just going to go for the makeup. Mm-hmm. I'm an all or nothing type of person. I black or white, in or out. Mm-hmm. So if I'm in, I'm all in. So we decided to just go all in with our partnership, <clears throat> you know, build this cosmetic line uh, and really to hell with the taxes. I just wasn't feeling it. Yeah. So that's what we did um, that first year. Well, by about the next year. Oh, keep in mind, I was a manager that last year. I was at Jackson Hewitt. Well, in the manager contract, there's a non-compete clause that says you can't do taxes for any other major franchise or you can't do taxes at all or something like that for a year. Okay. So that would would, that would have prevented me from doing taxes the next year. Okay. Like a franchise so by the end of the year 2014 i'm used to preparing for tax season mm-hmm. so i'm like what i'm gonna oh, do oh right <laughs> yo what i'm gonna do so i mean needless to say i i still did a few people taxes that i you know was just used to mm-hmm. but i was just i guess free agent i wasn't working for nobody i just was doing them <clears throat> just helping people do their taxes I, no systems no software nothing mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. well by the end of 2015 i'm like okay the makeup thing was a bust with our friend with my friend okay us living together had come to an end <laughs> it wasn't bad but we just were like for us to be friends stay friends yeah let's just separate so by the end of 2015 again i'm used to preparing for tax season so i just was like i'm gonna just do it myself i couldn't see myself going back to a jackson hewitt or h&r block right. knowing how much money they make and how much they paid me exactly and how much work went into it mm-hmm so by the end of 2015, I was in my third salon, just me, not my best friend. Mm-hmm. 
I was in my third salon, which was working out great. Mm -hmm. Um, I just was like, I'm just going to start my own tax firm. Well, thank God for people who believe in you because the lady that owned the salon that I was in. Yeah. It's funny because now she's my sister-in-law. She married my brother. (laughs) That's what's up. (laughs) She actually let me set up a table in her salon to do taxes. Yo. Hey, (laughs) wow. So you had like a automatic funnel too yeah so i did there t- everybody in there did, did their taxes yep not only that i'm building relationships with my clients yep. and other makeup artists so yep. my first few clients were in the beauty industry yeah um i'm just thankful that she, like for me for her to let me be doing taxes oh now, my like kind of rinky dink but it worked like it really worked and Heck so that yeah. first year that's what i did um it was I did it by myself. Wow. Um, when I left Jackson Hewitt, I didn't leave with their clients. So I, no. I didn't have anybody. Just the people people that I knew that knew I was doing taxes. I, you know, reached out to. <clears throat> but early on, and I guess I got this from the makeup industry, the power of marketing. I really loved it. So uh-huh. I knew to implement and I got some of this from Jackson Hewitt, a referral program. Mm-hmm. Uh, some kind of discount period to where the first two weeks is, you know, this amount off. Yeah. Um, I knew how to do the referral program through them. Yeah. Um, even the onboarding, offboarding, filing, um, covering my butt. Yeah. He, I, knew, he, I knew how to do all of that. He taught you all that game. Taught me all of it. Yo. And then even I, they didn't want me to leave and it, how I got, I got demoted and stuff mm-hmm. like that. I told them I didn't want to be a manager anymore. They were disappointed, but I could still call him if I needed him. That's awesome. Um, so yeah, I did that for two years, but 2016 was my first official tax year with MCOR. Um, MCOR tax and accounting, your, your business. So that's 2016. You are officially in business. Yeah. I started in 15. Yeah. But of course, 16 was the first tax year, but my makeup career exploded in 2016. Wow. So first part of 2016, taxes. Yeah. I made enough money doing taxes to really fund my makeup career. So from that money, I uh, put it into marketing. So I, I paid a photographer. We shot a commercial mm-hmm. for my eyelash line mm-hmm. um said i knew how to do it mm-hmm. i watched my mentor do it me and my best friend tried it and failed but we learned you know how to how to get suppliers yeah learn samples you know so i said i would start with a cosmetic line well with a eyelash line mm-hmm. book this photographer we did photos and two videos he did a short video and a long video mm-hmm. it was insane i never seen anybody in my town do that and um released the video early Mm-hmm. Didn't even have the product yet. The product <laughs> got delayed. <laughs> they were coming from China. They got delayed. Yeah. We got held up in the sample process because back the end. Now I see a lot of people having eyelash lines, cosmetic lines, do private labels. Well, mine was, um, it wasn't really private label. I guess it kind of was. I don't know. No, a lot of people do white label now. Mm. What I did was private labeling. So I had to design the boxes, mm. the inserts. Mm-hmm. The little instruction tab. I had to design everything. Wow. And of course, you know, they're overseas. I had to learn that. 
communicating <laughs> 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 with people overseas. Yeah. So, I mean, it was delayed, but they came. I had a big lunch party. We sold out. One order was wrong, but people still mm. got them. <laughs> and even the lunch party, my sister-in-law let me have it there. It was it was like a dream come true. By this time, I'm solo, if you can't tell. I'm solo. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I went to New York Fashion Week to do makeup that year. Hey. I'm getting booked left and right here and there. My clientele went through the roof. Um, of course, I'm not doing taxes during this time. This yeah. is the later part of 2016. Yeah. Well, I go to Fashion Week. I go to New York Fashion Week. Uh-huh. I get invited actually from a designer mm-hmm. and I'm doing makeup for her show. But while I'm there, I don't even know. Cause I'm not, I'm not a very networking person, mm-hmm. but I ended up doing two other fashion shows that I don't, I don't know with the way that you have found the two mentors and the relationship that you built with your now sister-in-law, it seems as though, you know, people get to know, like, and trust you very much pretty quickly. Well, I think that happens organically, but if I'm in a setting where it's a networking type of event yeah. back then, yeah, I probably would be the quiet one. Gotcha. So somehow um, on these two other fashion shows, one of them, I'm the lead makeup artist. Mm-hmm. So I had to lead other makeup artists on how to do models makeup. That experience, I had never been to New York before, but to know that my gifts yeah. got there was amazing to me. Uh, and I think earlier that year, I did a makeup, uh, I did makeup for a wedding mm-hmm. in Florida mm-hmm. and they flew me out, paid for everything and my son. Wow. <laughs> Got to go. Um, those two instances, I'm just like, my gifts have really made room for me. Amen. Um, I loved it. Yeah. Well, I come back from New York <laughs> to my sister-in-law basically kicking me out of the shop. I didn't even know why. I had clients lined up when I came back. Oh, no. So, yeah. <laughs> um, we're good now. but Apparently. It was, <laughs> it was a rough patch. Um, <laughs> rough patch, to say the least. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but so this is how I got to my studio. I really got pushed out. So keep in mind, this is my third salon in about, I don't know, two or three years. And so I'm like, I'm not going to another hair salon. Right. Um, my friend had a little warehouse boutique. She let me take clients there until I could find a place. Mm-hmm. Well, where her boutique was, there was a building across uh, around the corner. And I mean, I'm pretty desperate at this point. I'm like, mm-hmm. I can't keep bringing my clients here. By this point, I actually have a clientele. So I go look and they had the space available. It was affordable. It was small. Well, I mean, it wasn't that small, but it was small. Mm-hmm. And so I took it. They took a chance on me because mm-hmm. I didn't have no money. <laughs> <laughs> I had, you know, they saw that I had yeah the clientele yeah yeah but I really didn't have that much money uh like putting down a first and last and security (laughs) right Uh, oh they let me just start the first month man moved in I actually got an assistant that same time because by this point it was I didn't have like the systems that I have now right you know so I was getting a little bit overwhelmed Mm -hmm. um and I knew I wanted to do other things at this point Mm -hmm. the eyelash line was out I wanted to grow that um so I ended up meeting a young lady named Demetria she was the first person I interviewed and I hired her um well she ended up being amazing she helped me get the studio together Mm mm-hmm 
um, she helped me look for furniture. Everything was pretty much hand-me-down furniture. Mm-hmm. I really knew. Mm-hmm. I had people, like some clients, gifting me uh, furniture. She helped me paint it. Wow. Um, Shout out to Demetria. And I, it was a, like an intern assistant. Like she wasn't getting paid. Oh, wow. So, <laughs> I mean, she would come and stay all day. She would help me with the DIY projects and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But we got the studio up. By the time we got the studio up, the eyelash line was uh, doing good. I wanted to do. Tell me about real quick, real quick. How the hell did you get a, an in- intern out of nowhere? Well, you got to understand, I was kind of popping, okay? Okay, okay, okay. I was kind of popping. Yeah. And and again, there wasn't a lot of makeup artists. Actually, Ah. the mentor that I had, she was hair and makeup. Right. Her that I had, she was like an OG. Though. Yeah, yeah. And, and there was another makeup artist in the town that had been doing it for years. Like she did my prom makeup. Like that's, oh, that's how long they're doing makeup. Yeah. Other than that, it was me, my best friend, but she was hair and makeup. Mm-hmm. Another young lady who is one of my best friends now. Mm-hmm. Her name is L'Oreal, and um, a girl <laughs> named Brittany. That was it. That was doing makeup. That was it. Yeah. So. And nobody was really doing it like me. Okay, then. The marketing, the commercial I had, nobody nobody else had a eyelash line. Yeah. So when I said I needed an assistant, people wanted to work with me. That's what's <laughs> up. That's what the, hey, you got, like, that is the importance of building your brand and marketing correctly and, like, making your business something that's that's popping, that's, that has a great vibe because people yeah, are going to want to be a part, a part of that. Exactly. It looked good. Yeah. Um, oh, and I also was doing like these business training sessions inside of my sister-in-law salon. Yeah. On branding, marketing, really everything that I had come to learn. Mm-hmm. And um, it was like a little series. We did about five classes and they were, they did really well. So yeah, when I said I needed some help, I had about five interviews lined up and I just hired Demetria first. Oh. Well, the other people that I interviewed were actually interested in being a makeup artist. And so uh, that's how I started training makeup artists because I didn't want to like leave them hanging. And I was like, okay, well, you can't find <laughs> nobody to teach you. I'll teach you. Holy shit. We haven't even gotten to like MCOR tax and accounting at all. Yeah, that's crazy. No, because that was MCOR's first year, 2016. We did enough to fund all of this. Wow. <laughs> wow. I was by myself for four months. Yo. By myself. Crazy. <laughs> oh, okay. Keep going. So 2016, we start an apparel line. The the eyelash line was doing, but I wanted to start an apparel line. My brand was called Oh So Pretty, um, and it was catchy. Yeah, Yeah. catchy Catchy as hell. We had Oh So Pretty lashes, Oh So Studios, (laughs) and so I wanted to start an apparel line. It was called Oh So Apparel. Rinse and repeat. I I called a photographer. We did another commercial. I got models to do this commercial. I actually got to direct it. Um, I got the samples for the clothes. I found out the getting samples and manufacturers. The process was all the same. (laughs) So I just did it again. Um, Got a stylist. We did the, the shoot and everything. It blew up. Um, it it blew up because again, it, and nobody was really putting that much into marketing. It yeah, would take pictures outside your camera. Right. So, um, we did the apparel line shortly after that. Did the school it was called Pretty University, and that really just came from those interviews that I had for assistant. 
Uh, I don't really think I advertised that first group. It was three, three, three students. And then I made Demetria take the training too. So, Amen. Good, good. You know, <laughs> yeah. And so yeah, again, I promoted it. I don't think I did a commercial that first year for Pretty University, but word of mouth, uh, by the time I said I was doing it again, uh, um, I think I did another four or five students that time Mm -hmm. in my little studio. (laughs) Um, I did all of this in 2000. Yo, we're almost like an hour into this. (laughs) I did all of this in 2016. Uh, end of the year i'm getting ready for tax season again i ended up getting an office that year downtown again didn't really do that you have a studio and an office yeah i had a studio a makeup studio and then my tax office was downtown inside of an attorney's chair like a downtown Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and she had an extra room Mm -hmm. and uh yes i talked her into (laughs) that room all right all right so that's important like out of all of this, you've talked people into things time after time after time in order to, for them to take a chance on you. I know there's no, there's no process, but like, how do you do that, yo? How do you do that? Yeah, I don't think, well, the talking them into is not begging. It's not no, really a thing. Um, I think it's, I was always very clear on what I wanted to do. I was always very clear on my goal and um, communicating that too. Even if I didn't have the money to back it up or the clients to back it up, um, I just knew what I wanted to do. And I actually went to church with her. She was an attorney. She knew what I was doing. Like I said, they, they saw me like Mm -hmm. I operated in a level of excellence and um, mm. integrity too mm-hmm. um, so yeah she let me do that we so, that agreement so let me let's get this straight so i mean uh, to make it very very simple a clarity and a vision being able to communicate that with conviction mm-hmm. and also uh networking and also yeah. having that because you, you went to church with her mm-hmm. uh and also um operating from a physiology and the psychology of excellence like having a reputation of excellence yes those are sure. very very important principles but i think when you say it's speaking with conviction too because yeah. people can tell when you're not sure yeah you're not confident yeah you know? yeah um i just was really fearless then i just mm. uh i didn't really have maybe i didn't have enough bad experiences to be scared <laughs> i was like a child like yeah. you know, they're not scared of anything until right have a bad experience and yeah so i just was fearless i just was like whatever i want to do i'm gonna do it yeah because now right. I, I see it's possible you mm-hmm. know mm-hmm. so 2017 we did that and although i couldn't really afford it it turned out to be very great like so i met a client there a big time land developer in the uh in my city mm-hmm. i mean old man he needed <laughs> he needed help with his taxes and mm-hmm. so I helped him. We did it. He's still a client to this day. That's what's up. Uh, we don't talk much, but <laughs> time for taxes. Yeah. He calls me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, you know, also I've learned, and I think this still stands today, is <laughs> I don't want anybody to take this the wrong way, but because I had a studio, mm-hmm. But I also had an office Mm -hmm. downtown in a suite with an attorney. It gave that certain, I guess, look about me or feel about that I was professional, that I was, you know, uh, about my business. And I I really was. Why would somebody be offended by that? No, not really offended, but but just to say, like, the the overall package or the overall look is important. 
Very, especially with taxes. How you keep yourself, how you um, talk to people, and even just how you carry yourself outside of work Mm -hmm. um, all makes a difference. Real talk. It all makes a difference. So that year was another great year. I remember doing taxes or going there in the morning and then having classes at night on Tuesdays. Thursdays and then taking clients, uh, you know, on at nights or on weekends. Weekends was really the money maker. Oh, like look at how much you like, and within that small amount of time, you've grown so much. Though, like you know, you you've had that experience with the tax mentor, um, and then of course you get you you kind of wane off from that. But then instead of folding and feeling bad for yourself or you know just settling, you say no I can do this on my own so somebody somebody takes a, a, a chance on you and you start to do taxes on your own and you start to get popping with your uh, being a makeup artist uh you transitioned out of that and then of course what do you do when whenever you have to transition you level up every single time you level up uh so you level up and then you go into having your own makeup line first of all and your own makeup st- studio and you get an office downtown which is probably like the creme de la creme you know uh um uh, creme de la creme as far as marketing and and the appearance that you need to have when it comes to you know handling something as important as taxes uh, you're not in the walmart anymore I'll tell you that much <laughs> and then uh you you um transition like you just keep transitioning like year after yeah. year after year yep ended up getting another studio that next year 2018 because by that point i had hired other makeup artists yeah and we were like busting at the seams in that little small room <laughs> so i ended up getting another studio well 2018 wasn't as good as the rest of the year so <laughs> we moved into another studio and this is another business lesson that i had to learn i used my own money mm to fund that move um, and that move from this one one door you know mm-hmm. kind of office suite to a 1400 I think it was 1400 square foot facility mm. um with private suite conference room and all these things uh, mm-hmm. I used my own money we had to remodel some things we had to do the floor or paint some work in the back for a carpet uh, you gotta love your ambition you gotta love your ambition. You I just knew it was gonna work. Yep, yep. Hell yeah, hell yeah. Why wouldn't it? Right. I just knew it was gonna work. I had a, a team by this point. Demetria yeah. was still with me. I mm. mean, right hand <laughs> to this day. Still. Shout out to Demetria. One of my best friends now. <laughs> She's on all my business. Even if she doesn't do anything, she knows about all my business. So, <laughs> um, yeah, so ended up sinking my savings into this. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking, you know, I got a team with me. The problem was this concept was not really proven. It was proven, but not enough. Yeah. I didn't do enough research. Mm-hmm. It was a private salon suite concept where mm-hmm. it's pretty popular now. And it's funny because I see a lot of <laughs> you're before uh, your you're before your time. My time. Like, uh, I can't get people to bite on it. Yeah. I'm interviewing other mm-hmm. hairstylists and makeup artists, mm-hmm. nail techs, mm-hmm. um, and stuff to get a I guess buy into the salon. And uh, I couldn't get anybody to bite. So long story short, uh, like eight months later, I ended up having to close because mm. uh, I had already racked up debt. Not really. Well, yeah, I guess debt behind on the rent. Not really debt. Yeah. Um, so we ended up closing at the end of 2018. Yeah. And that was my first big failure, I felt like. 
So, mm. oh, and just to preface it, when I when I opened that second studio, I had this big lunch party. It was yeah. like a block party. Yeah. Uh, I had vendors. I had snow cone machine. We had giveaways. Nice. We had pop ups in there. Yeah. Like, it was uh, the whole city came out. That's okay? what's like, up. <laughs> That's what's up. We had the ribbon cutting. We had a DJ. <laughs> I know that's right. We had t-shirts made. Like it was a big. My banker came. <laughs> it was a big deal. Yeah. Okay? August by mm-hmm. by December, I had shut it down. Don't <laughs> talk about embarrassing. Talk about. I was devastated, mm. but I was completely stressed out leading up to that. I was yeah. stressed out. I remember I bust a blood vessel in my eye. Mm. I remember being uh, like crying on my way to the studio, uh, but still, you know, showing up. Uh, At this point, I don't know if I said this, when I moved out with my best friend, I moved in with my mom. Oh, you didn't say that? Nah. I was wondering about that (laughs) transition too, right? I moved in with my mom, end of 2015, right before I started MCOR. So I started MCOR, did the website, everything by myself, and my mom was, yeah. Shout out to your mom too. Your your mom sounds so like supportive and awesome. Yeah. And the plan was... Six months later, after that that tax season, was you know make enough money mm-hmm. to get an apartment. Uh, I already told you what I did with that money. I put it in the market. <laughs> so that, I guess I'm still with your mom. That's why I'm still with my mom. It's about thinking, you know, it was supposed yeah. to be six months. Ended up being two and a half years. <laughs> you know, but experiencing that, what I, I called it a failure then, but now I know it, it wasn't. A learning experience. It was a lesson. Yeah, yeah, lesson. I'll never use my own money mm-hmm. for a project of that size mm-hmm. again. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, prove the concept mm-hmm. over and over. Like prove the concept. Mm-hmm. Get the people before you move. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> I know that's right. That's because that's the one thing that you did before you got into that smaller space is that you had the clientele. I did. Yeah, you kind of went with the, the the whole concept of if you build it, they will come. That is my thing now. Yeah. <laughs> That is definitely my thing. I don't move until I know. Yeah. I know I'm going to be okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I just took that as a redirection. Mm-hmm. Uh, honestly, I decided that I wasn't going to open up another studio. Mm. I actually retired from makeup that year. Done. Um, Yo, what a what an ascension and decline yo what a like wow that's that's i mean i'm like i'm not trying to make fun of you in any type of way it's just the lesson in that you know what i mean like you shot for the stars yo you like when you were uh, and not not saying that you're not still up there but in that industry you were up there you were up yo and now it's like boom you know that one move that one big move ah caused it all big risk yeah but big risk yeah, big fall. Yeah. Big fall. yeah. But honestly, like I said, I closed in December. Yeah. Again, my mind, I'm getting ready for tax season. Yeah. No brainer, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> so that took my focus. I just was like, I'm just going to focus on taxes. Uh, I'm done with makeup. I was yeah. over it. Like I said, I was stressed out. I'm going to focus on taxes. I had never done taxes full time, mm. ever. I always done it on the side Mm -hmm. so i'm just like i'm gonna dedicate this to texas so i did yeah and that year i actually ended up moving out Mm -hmm. finally we actually moved to another state me and my son not another Mm -hmm. state another city yeah me and my son um but i had to go back to corporate because again i had put all my savings into that studio yeah tax season didn't give me enough money to Mm. continue 
being an entrepreneur mm-hmm. and move to a new city. So I had to go back to corporate. Uh oh. Guarantee, guarantee you learned something from corporate though, knowing you. <laughs> First time in actually I don't think I had ever had a corporate job. I had a retail job. Well, is the the Jackson stuff. Hewitt corporate? That's well, corporate. yeah, yeah. I guess we could say that was yeah. corporate, but it was you know temporary. It wasn't mm-hmm. a full time thing. Yeah. Ended up doing payroll. I had never done payroll before, hmm. but they taught me everything. And the first company I, I worked for was mid size. They didn't have it together, <laughs> but I ended up transferring to this Fortune 500 company here Ooh. and in payroll. Mm-hmm. That's where I learned everything I, I needed to know about payroll, yeah. about employee, uh, I guess law, I guess local tax laws, um, payroll taxes, staying in compliance, being on a schedule. I learned so much from that job. Yeah. I ended up being there for two years. I just quit um, in March of 2021. Um, and I implemented payroll in my business because of that. But that's like, you can't skip over that though. Let's, let's pause, right? Pause. <laughs> you can't skip over that because you're, you're, the lesson that you learned was that you don't move until you know that you got the clientele so what happened with mcor tax right 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 what happened to mcor tax and accounting for you to quit so 2019 i started training other tax agents for the 2020 season well it happened on accident i i wasn't planning on training but i i linked up with this other tax here uh and my hometown yeah and he wanted us to come together to train okay i had never trained anybody else on how to do taxes or anything yeah. but he was saying that he had been training he he got the curriculum we just teach from the curriculum and stuff like that i was like okay cool well Ooh. he left me hanging ah. he left me hanging I had already put it out there. I had already had people sign up. And if you know anything about me, I'm going to keep my word. Right. Uh, mm. yeah, unless that... it's going to harm me or something, or right. I don't feel, you know, I'm going to keep my word. And so I talked to Dimitri about it and she was like, well, let's just put a training together. It's like, oh, like that? Like, is that? It's like yeah. Shout out to Dimitri. <laughs> so we did and put it together in about a week, but I had been doing taxes for so long. I knew what yeah. I was talking about. Yeah. We just had to put actual training together so she did the whole entire presentation for it um we did it i got about dang that first year i probably got about 15 people to sign up for the training yeah and then about 10 of them stayed for taxi wow Uh, actually more people took the training because it was digital by that point um so we did it live and then we sold it afterwards but that 20 tax year I'm going to let you skim over that, though, because that was right there. That's the key to the game, to record oh. what you do and then turn it into a course. Like, for anybody that doesn't know that, that's a that's, that's, a, that's a big piece of the game, big, big key to the game. Do something once, and then you can sell it later on. I literally do that all the time now. I do better lives. So mm-hmm. I, I like to teach it live and then sell it. I know people that will record it and then sell it, but I'd rather do it live first and then sell it. Yeah. But yeah, that's 2020 tax year, I had 10 other tax preparers. No, 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 wait. That was last year. 2020 tax year, I ended up having two to come on for the tax. Yeah. Uh, which was fine because I was still working, you know. Yeah, yeah. You still had your corporate job. Still had my corporate job. So we actually did really good, though, that year. It was only, by the end of the year, it was only two of us. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
uh, one didn't make it, but we did really, really good when I pulled the numbers to for both of us doing it part time. I mean, the next year I just did it again. I offered the training. Yeah. Uh, the same training. I didn't even do a new one. Same training. Yeah. I offered it. I sold it. I offered people to come work with me. Uh-huh. Um, and you know, again, I had that reputation of excellence. My company had a good reputation. Mm-hmm. Um, we had a good, consistent clientele every tax year. So I was confident that even if they were new preparers, mm-hmm. I could at least funnel them some clients, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's the year I had 10 wow. come on with me. We started training probably October. I started getting the itch to leave my job around that same time. Yeah, yeah. I was getting anxious. Again, I'm talking to Demetria, like, how am I going <laughs> to handle 10 tax preparers and I'm working full time? What right. if they have an issue, you know? Well, she 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 knew how to do taxes too. She always uh-huh. knew how to do what I was doing. <laughs> help me yeah so she was like okay well if they got a problem she was more flexible she was like she was very she was on all the trainers with us so she was just like you know they got a problem they could just call me and so that's what we did that last year and uh luckily nobody really had big issues but 2021 was the most crazy tax season I've ever seen. Mm. You got the government changing stuff. We got the IRS changing the forms in the Mm -hmm. middle of tax. So it did require a lot from me to Mm -hmm. be able to keep them up to date, train Mm -hmm. them, um, answer their questions and stuff like that. But I'm still working my full-time job. I remember having to go to the conference room. Well, we didn't even have really have a conference room. had cafeteria. (laughs) 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 I'm trying to take calls in the cafeteria. Um, by that point, the accounting side started to grow. Uh, for about two years, I think I got my first accounting client in 2018. Yeah. She was my only client for about two years. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but by then, because when I do taxes for individuals or for businesses, uh-huh. I'm always telling them about things they could do throughout the year to help them out, uh, telling them about these deductions and I'm mm-hmm. telling them about keeping your record, stuff like that. So that naturally you started to bring in clients for bookkeeping. Ooh. So I'm building that part at the same time mm. as we have in 10 tax preparers, most crazy tax that we have. <laughs> well, by the end of February, I, I knew I was done with that job. So I, I put in my notice, but it was a 30 day notice. So that mm-hmm. means I leave at the end of March, mm-hmm. which was basically the end of tax. Um, but we made it. We made it through. Mm-hmm. Uh, out of 10 tax preparers, it ended with about six. Uh, some people, they just you know, yeah. okay, didn't really live, live up to that standard of excellence. You know what <laughs> I mean? <laughs> but that was their job and stuff. And then we had an extended tax season, so they couldn't stay. But yeah. uh, mm-hmm. when I left my job, Mm-hmm. It was the middle of tax season, so that was keeping me afloat. But mm-hmm. my bookkeeping and accounting clients, I had three on retainer. That's it. I had mm-hmm. three. But my digital products were doing really good. They were doing, I started doing digital product when I started getting the itch in October of the previous year. Oh, snap. I started trying my hand at digital products again because I had done them before. Yeah. Um, and they were doing really good. Awesome. <laughs> um, they were they were bringing in about my salary um, every month. So that's why I ended up leaving my job. It wasn't because of the, the, my, my retainer clients. It, it was because I knew I still had tax due. Yeah. And my digital products were doing well. Yeah. Well, fast forward about six months into me quitting my job mm-hmm. in about August or September. I got a surge of uh, accounting clients and we ended the year in 2020, 17 retainer clients. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yo, congratulations. Thank you. I ended up having to hire a bookkeeper. I yeah. a graphic designer. Uh, and yeah, now today we have 22 on retainer. And yeah. Then my goal was 30. Um, so yeah. <laughs> Congratulations. That is awesome. Yo, what a story. That's a hell of a story right there. Holy cow. Oh Thank my you. gosh. Yo. I really, really, this Yo. is what I love. This is, Yo, I was man. good at makeup. Yeah. Don't get me makeup showed me a lot of things yeah i took me a lot of places mm -hmm. I, met, I met a lot of people mm -hmm. that was never what i wanted to do till i'm 50 you know like it seemed like you fell in and out of love with it though because when you were working with jackson hewitt you fell out of love with the numbers and then you <laughs> yeah. fell in love with the makeup and then you fell out of love with the like you didn't fall yeah. out of love with the makeup like you had the fall and yeah. then you came back to the numbers you know what i mean yeah that, yeah. was my, that was my side piece because like i said i had it never was. done it full time yeah I had done it full time so that was my chance to to really do it full time really this year is truly mm. full time taxi yeah. this year i'm I, so excited I, this year we got five prepares uh, um we got a new office uh this year i'm i'm super excited it was the year 13 yeah and i'm finally doing it full time i have ah. to do all of that <laughs> <laughs> hell yeah but you of course i mean you just level up time after time level up and pivot level up and pivot level up and pivot like yo the the, the, the your story has so much persistence and resolve and faith in yourself and you know just this this undying grind and hustle and just yeah. this 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 knowing this knowing this confidence that no matter what you were gonna make it no matter what you did you know what i mean and this 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 is a story of true excellent oh my gosh and it's just the beginning how how old are you no, i'm 32 oh it's just the beginning yeah, I oh started when I was like 23, 24. So. Yo, it's just, that's crazy. Oh my gosh. Yo, congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. It has been a journey. Uh, like you said, relentlessness, honestly. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't like being told no. And I'm yeah. very, my mom always says, is, you're so determined. Mm -hmm. I am, because mm -hmm. once I say I'm going to do something, I got to come through. Like, I, I, even if I tell myself something, yeah. I've had to learn, like, Courtney, you putting yourself on this deadline. <laughs> yeah, if I say I'm gonna do something, I gotta do it. Yeah, yeah, I love it. I I love it, and that's a great transition, a good segue. <laughs> into the other half of the drop your baggage podcast uh where we actually drop some baggage here um so i'll i'm gonna go ahead and talk to the audience a bit we are going to be practicing uh well i'll talk to you we're going to be practicing a um a guided meditation called mental and emotional relief it is a neuro-linguistic programming technique it helps you subconsciously shift your perspective upon the negative and traumatic things that happen to you in your life and you look at them through a lens of forgiveness acceptance compassion empathy and empower. And uh, for, for you and everyone out there, please do not try this without me. Don't, don't try it without me, okay? <laughs> I got your back and where it's way easier. And for anyone out there, please uh, go to charleswolfwork.com and um, go ahead and schedule your appointment. I don't know why you haven't scheduled your appointment yet. Schedule your appointment so you can drop some baggage. It's right there. There's a sheet on the front page on my homepage. Go ahead and, um, and set your appointment today. Now with you, we are going, I can't, I, I've been excited to help you release some baggage today. We are going to be releasing hurt and disappointment. So 
please tell us what you are comfortable with telling us about uh, where some of the like this hurt and disappointment came from within your heart. Um, so my dad, um, who is pastor, mm-hmm. uh, I think he's a good human being, but uh, lacks communication. Mm-hmm. lacks consistency and that whole I gotta I gotta keep my word my keep my word thing mm-hmm. comes from him not his word broken from um, my mom and my dad divorced when I was four mm-hmm. and from that point it that was the inconsistent part now he was around don't get me wrong mm-hmm. but uh, there were or a lot of times where he would say that he was coming to get me and my brother mm-hmm. or he would do something or buy us something and he wouldn't mm-hmm. and I think probably too that there was no communication after that there was no explanation um even now with my st- uh, 12 if I don't call him back I'm like oh I'm sorry I didn't you know call you back mommy fell asleep or you know mm-hmm. I'm making sure I'm explaining it I do that with my friends I do that in relationships um probably some, you mm-hmm, know definitely because <laughs> I never want nobody to feel like I I did, you know. Yeah. Um, so that is probably the biggest turtle and the biggest thing that I have. I think now I've learned how to I pinpoint when I'm overdoing it or because mm-hmm. I mentioned before, like I would previously in relationship, I would hold people to such a high standard mm-hmm. that one time you broke your promises, it's something small, like not calling me back mm-hmm. or, you know, I was out one time, something mm-hmm. small, mm-hmm. I was out. <laughs> I've gotten a little better now, but it's very much still a trigger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so that's where majority of my hurt and disappointment comes. Boom. Um, and like you said before, it's it's affected. I mean, of course, that that relationship, your relationship with everyone, and and both a, a positive way and a way that can be detrimental towards your relation, your, your romantic relationship. Um, when you think about this, like, where do you feel it in your body? When you think about like the hurt, disappointment that you experienced in the past. Where do you feel it in your body? My throat. Your throat? I don't know why. Because I, I, I want to cry. And so mm-hmm. I feel it, like a lump in my throat again. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And anywhere else in your body? Mm-hmm. When I was just talking about it now. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, mm-hmm. I noticed my voice cracks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know if you heard it. Um, the uh, from the, With the intensity of that, um, from a, a 1 to 10, how intense is the feeling in your throat? Mm, like maybe a six, maybe. Okay. We're going to pay attention to that. Okay. Um, and what do you, like, how do you see yourself? Like, how do you think this, it, as far as relationship wise, if you didn't get rid of this hurt and disappointment, like, what do you see a relationship looking like within the next five to 10 your relationship? Romantic relationships or mm-hmm. romantic relationship. Honestly, I see me sabotage uh, or picking the wrong person. Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right. Let's go ahead and get rid of that baggage, if you will, that hurt and disappointment. So for for uh, this process, all you got to do are three things. Number one, you gotta use your imagination. Number two, you got to uh, follow directions just like you follow a good recipe or a Google map. And number three is to trust the process. Know that I'm your guide and I'll be leading you through this easily and effortlessly in a comfortable place of love and high vibration. Awesome. Now, good. Of course you can. Girl, you can do a lot. Um, the, for every, I'm going to be leading you through some events of the past. So for every single event, it is a trigger. It is a trigger that you're going to be releasing. So I want you to have as many triggers released as you can. I want you to have as many breakthroughs as you can, because every single event is also a breakthrough. And also, I just want you to go as over as many events as possible. So all those events and all those breakthroughs and all those triggers can just be gone. Cool. Let's get it.
All right. Um, so let's let's start the process. Is it all right with your unconscious mind for you to release this um, hurt and disappointment today and for you to be aware of it conscious? Awesome. What is the root cause of this problem? The first event, which when disconnected, that will cause this problem to disappear. If you were to know, when was the first time that you felt hurt and disappointed between the ages of birth and seven? Like how old was I? Sure. Uh, probably about four or five when my parents first got divorced and we were living with mom in a one bedroom apartment. Dad was living across town. That was the first time we say he was coming to get us. I remember one time we were actually drug hacked mm-hmm. raining and I guess he told my mom that he wasn't coming mm-hmm. he told us and devastating I don't know all I can see is our apartment yeah. our port and me and my brother standing. yeah that that still has some like emotion behind it still to this day huh oh yeah mm-hmm. well we're gonna get rid of that so with that you can uh this is a guided meditation you can go ahead and close your eyes, relax, and let me know when you're ready for the process to drop your back. All right, now re- remember, just use your imagination and follow direct. So just keep your eyes closed until I ask you to open them. And just imagine floating outside of your body as if though you were a spirit or energy. And just imagine seeing yourself right here, right there. So your gray turtleneck, your blonde hair, the window to your right, the screen in front of you and behind you, and the door behind you, your little doggy. Let me know when you can see yourself. All right, now just imagine floating right there. Now just imagine floating up above your timeline and float to the left into the past and float deeper and deeper and deeper into the past above that first event which you felt hurt and disappointed. You're just a little girl, about four years old. Just see that apartment, see your mom and your brother and you all dressed up and go ahead and hover above that event. Seeing that event like a fly on the wall. Let me know when you're above that event. All right, now just stay right there, okay? Now, just stay right there, hovering above the event. You can see yourself as a little girl. Okay, now just ask your unconscious mind what it needs to learn from the event. The learning of which will allow you to let go of the emotions easily and effortlessly. Your unconscious mind can preserve the learning so that if you need them in the future, they'll be there. Just tell your unconscious mind to preserve the learning. This is an exercise of forgiveness and acceptance. Forgiveness for yourself and others and acceptance of yourself and others. Who do you have to forgive? What do you have to accept? Who do you have to accept? Be sure to see this event from everybody's perspective in the event. See from your perspective and your brothers and your mothers and your fathers as well. And as you see from those people's perspective, focus your attention upon how hurt people hurt people. We're all doing the best that we can with the resources and consciousness that we have. Once again, we're all doing the best that we can with the resources and consciousness that we have. We can't control anyone else's actions, but we can control our response. We can grow stronger and wiser and learn from other people's actions and mistakes. Other people's actions have nothing to do with you. It's only a reflection of their baggage and whatever they're going through at the time. And we're better people than we were when those events occurred. You're a better person than you were when those events occurred. You're stronger. You're wise. What is something positive and empowering you can tell yourself as that little girl and your mom and your dad and your brother and everyone else involved in the event with the consciousness that you have today that will allow the emotions to evaporate like water on the concrete on a hot summer day. And as you preserve these learnings, the emotions are starting to dissipate more and more until they're all gone. Just let me know when they're all gone. That's right. Let it all. All gone. Nice. Now, just imagine floating up above your timeline and float to the left into the past and float deeper and deeper and deeper into the past above the dinosaurs during the prehistoric age. Let me know when you're above the dinosaurs. Awesome. Now, as you're above the dinosaurs, just imagine floating deeper and deeper and deeper into space where space and the atmosphere connects and imagine your timeline is the size of a fingernail let me know when you're there okay now just imagine floating there in space weightless and ask yourself now where are the emotions tell me are they there or have they disappeared now awesome now just imagine floating down inside the event sink through your own eyes as a little girl and check on the emotions tell me are they there or have they disappeared now awesome float back above the dinosaurs and then float into space to where space and the atmosphere connects let me know when you're there all right now listen closely float very very high above your timeline above each and every event 
in which you felt hurt and disappointed from birth until now in chronological order. Don't skip one event that has a charge on it. Preserve the learnings and let go of all the hurt and disappointment all the way back to now. Go. And as you preserve these learnings, the emotions are starting to dissipate more and more until they're all gone. Just let me know when they're all gone. Uh, awesome. Flow down into your body and open your eyes when you're ready. Welcome back. Yeah. I'm gonna let you collect yourself for a second. <laughs> I feel like I still want to cry, but not. Mm, wow. Like I want to talk to my dad. Or, uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm just glad that I could release that. What was the biggest revelation for you? Realizing that my dad was 30-something going through a divorce. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and that me now having a child, how I could definitely unintentionally disappoint him. And parents aren't perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a, a bit of empathy for him. Like, yo, he's he was young and, you know, he's going through a divorce and, you know, like we all make mistakes. We're all human. And what I can do going forward mm-hmm. is kind of, I guess, the lesson that I've learned from that, like keep your word, mm-hmm. communicate with the people, you know, you, you made commitments to, mm-hmm. you know, as best you can mm-hmm. be aware of how your actions can either intentionally or unintentionally cause somebody else an unpleasant feeling mm-hmm. I had that in, a, in a friendship you know mm-hmm. nobody thought that they were doing something wrong but mm-hmm. somebody felt something that wasn't good so mm-hmm. that's life yeah it's life yeah. and I can't I have to know that my intentions are good even if somebody has a bad experience with me yeah yeah like, I used to like hold that I used to mm. feel so bad that mm-hmm. I'm the one not communicating or mm-hmm. I'm the one, I dropped the ball it was always me but I know my intentions are good mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the you know nobody's perfect nobody's perfect you know you put a lot of it seems like you put a lot of like weight on yourself now it makes sense that on why you were crying on the way to your event that block party that you had it's like, mm-hmm. just think of the weight that you had, you know, on yourself. Yo, that's intense. Um, we do this process where we test out to see um, if all of the emotions are gone. So uh, do you smell, do you smell bacon? That's, that's part of the process. <laughs> I, uh, I, w- I want to get your mind off the meditation. So <laughs> uh, can you remember a time in the past in which you used to feel that old emotion and go back and notice if you can feel it or you may find that you cannot? <laughs> Crazy, yeah crazy i want you to go out into the future an unspecified time in the future in which if the same thing would have happened in the past you would have felt inappropriate or unwarranted hurt and disappointment but it's the future now so see if you can find that old emotion or you may find that you cannot no uh it's not that i don't recognize it i just don't Mm -hmm. go to hurt Mm -hmm. yeah even the past situations i not erased from my memory but i don't go to the hurt seems like a bit more grace would you yeah. say like that, you know, like, oh, I can, we can talk like shop now, you know, because we've both gone through the experience. Like, you know, you give grace. Like, yeah, man, that person was going through whatever they're going through. Like, I never met my father. So, but I can't judge that man. Like, who knows what he was going through? He had, you know, my mom just had a miscarriage like a couple years before. He might have been running away from things his whole life. You know, his mom was prejudiced. It's like all these things. They weren't married, like all these different things. Like, how can I judge my father? So I got to give him a grace. 
and forgive them. Like, yo, you were going through whatever you were going through. A young man like that in his 20s, you know, it's, 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 it's interesting to see it from that type of point of view. Yeah, it is. I, I think my happiness is I feel like I've gotten on the other side of it because for so long it's me as a little girl. Yeah. You know, me thinking of my dad or not just my dad, my any, any of the adults, my mm-hmm. mom, any any situation that I can remember, mm-hmm. I've always thought about it as a little girl. Right. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. And, and, and too, in that place of hurt or you should have done this, you should have done that, you're yeah. the adult, you, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I feel relieved and happy and also blessed mm-hmm. at 32 that now I can look at it differently. Yeah. And it'll I, take me staring at my daddy on his deathbed or something, you know? Yeah. Real talk. Wow. That's, that's quite the perspective, you know, to have that empathy and that compassion for him later, you know, when it's too late for you guys to have a, a different type of relationship. Right. Like, do, do you see your relationship with, your daddy changing now yeah definitely we we've been not that we don't talk no no because i know you you talk to him quite a a bit more nowadays for sure um but like like you know just the conversation seeing him as a a different man you know i feel like i've always had this wall up though Mm -hmm. so yeah now i don't feel like i gotta protect myself yeah yeah that's that that was that wall i felt like i needed to protect myself from him disappointing me mm-hmm. again um now i feel like i can actually have a relationship with him and not do that yeah um with, with my mom you know my mom my, my mom was a single parent so it was plenty of opportunities for her to disappoint me or you know make me like all my a lot of my negative emotions came from my relationship with my mom um so like i i kind of took her off a pedestal i kind of took her off a pedestal where like you know what it's getting rid of this mom figure that of course is like god and mom you know especially her being a single parent and then and then seeing her as a woman it's like yo like think about like her losing her mom at 30 that 30 something and her going through cancer and my brother going like she went through a lot she went through a lot and to to like see and and, and to see her as just a woman just doing her damn best her damn best with everything that she had that feels great mm-hmm. and it definitely changed my relationship with her to accept her so much more um to see like what you know where her baggage came from to accept her baggage as well you know you know it it makes a big difference you know now like you say you saw that little you saw the event but you're seeing it as a as an adult now with a different consciousness Mm -hmm. not just an adult but like as a mom yeah as a as a parent like I would never want my son to harbor that or to judge me off of, you know, something like that. Like, 
now thinking you know something small like that like not keeping his word keep in mind that's four years old <laughs> four years old he's come through other times you know he's mm-hmm. um that doesn't define him but that yeah. was a defining moment at mm-hmm. one point for me but i wouldn't want my son to freeze me in that you know in that one event mm-hmm. but it, it also shows how much you that your your father meant to you how much you loved him loved him so we just wanted to spend that time with him mm-hmm. and you were so hurt so hurt that he's like ah yeah. oh, can't believe yeah. yeah 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 real talk real talk how all right uh to wrap this up how, how's that feeling in your throat i feel it now only because um i was just about to cry talking about how grateful i feel uh-huh um so yeah, that's why. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> but it doesn't. It doesn't have that same type of feeling. Also. No, or, like, or, I'm not cracking. I'm not stuttering. Yeah. Know. Yeah. <laughs> True that. Well, Courtney, thank you so much for showing up for your divine appointment. Man, thank you so much for having me and being as excited, you know, <laughs> for it as I was. So I appreciate you. Yeah. and the work that you're doing definitely all right and make sure that you thank jada too send her a text or something i will yeah i don't know how she thought of me <laughs> she she thought she i don't know i know i think she said uh, she thought you'd appreciate it wow <laughs> and a hey, shout out um so i'm gonna go ahead and oh well before i, I close this up please uh, give us one more word of wisdom Word of wisdom. I guess this is one that I've always stuck to, and this is probably speaks to my work ethic. Mm -hmm. To whom much is given, much is required. Don't ask for it if you can't handle it. If you can't handle what comes with it, that's the responsibility. That's the um, you doing things that everybody else don't have to do i've always been the leader i was the first one to have a kid Mm. first one to do a lot of things even between my brother you know heavy is the head that wears the crown you know and just take it in stride you got to know that if it's coming towards you you can handle it amen amen thank you so much for being on the show and blessing us today Thank you. Thank you for having me. Hell yeah. And thank you all too uh, for your attention and your support. You know that I love you all so much. Um, go ahead and, and schedule your appointment, charleswolfwork.com. Schedule your appointment today. Um, and right here on the Drop Your Baggage podcast, where we talk to people that are dope, that can bring you hope and show you a technique that can help you cope. I'm your host, Charles Wolfwork. This is our amazing guest, Courtney Matthews. Uh, if you are listening to this, please uh, consider hitting the like and subscribe button. And if you're on a, po- a podcast platform, especially, give about the five stars and some feedback as well. Uh, until next time, ladies and gentlemen, please take care of yourself and take care of one another. Peace.